Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. We're pumped to be joined to kick off Hour 3 here live from Cavens Construction as we do every single Thursday with our buddy Joey Helmer from OUinsider.com at Joey Helmer 247. All right, uh, let's start with some hardwood talk. Let's start with some basketball, Joey. Uh, uh, it's been a rough stretch for Oklahoma. How, how do you how do you kind of compartmentalize where this team is, Joey, and what they need to do to get back on track? Well, I'm very curious to see the effort that they uh, come out with on Saturday here against Alabama because uh, I felt like they, it kind of finally came to a head the other night and yeah. uh, Oklahoma – after all these close losses, they just didn't show up the other night. And um, I, I think that was the thing that was the most alarming to me was they they just didn't play with any effort. And uh, that's very atypical of this team because um, they have had effort in, in all these losses. And uh, there are no moral victories. We've talked about that before, but, I mean – if you put your best foot forward and at least come out of that game knowing that uh, you gave it 110%, then you have no really uh, major issues. I mean, obviously you want to win the game, but um, the worst thing you can have coming out of a game is knowing that you did not uh, play with maximum effort. And that was the most concerning thing to me the other night. Oklahoma did not play with max effort at TCU. And, um <laughs> You can't. You just can't do that in this league um, against anyone, really. Quite frankly, but um, TCU is one of the best, better teams in the league, and uh, they were handed themselves to them. Oklahoma was the other night because they just didn't show up. Yeah, it's um, it's frustrating. So you deal with this a lot. I feel like you've become the basketball guy over at OUinsider.com, Joey. Is there a personnel move that can be made? Is there, I don't know, anything that you feel like they can do and, and how they're attacking teams or defending? I, and maybe this just boils back to the original question. Is there a magic that can help this team and someone that might be coming in off the bench? I know everybody wanted to see what Joe Bamsiel play a little bit more, and, boy, he came in and got blown by and, and, and turned it over. So I don't, I don't really know if that's going to be help or not, but – do you see anything that could help this team that's not currently playing for him? Yeah, we'll see. And Otego away got um, some minutes the, the last couple games, and uh, I, I thought he showed some good flashes against Baylor last weekend, and uh, that, that was a positive. But I, to me, I, I just continue to believe that the main thing is it starts with uh, the guys that uh, you're, you're trusting in. And right. That, they somehow have got to get Grant Sherfield playing in the second half. I mean, this is three games in a row, I believe, that he hasn't even scored in the second half of games. And, I mean, this this team is just not going to win if Grant Sherfield isn't scoring. So, um, got to get him going. And, you know, along those lines, got to get Tanner Groves going, too. I mean, when your players like that, these are the guys that Oklahoma is relying on this year and keying on, and uh, they just, for whatever reason, haven't had it going lately. And so it starts there for me. Me too. 
me too. And then I, I know that it becomes a very kind of lightning rod controversial take um, in, in at least the basketball fans' minds, but how do you, do you feel like Grant Sherfield can be that dude? Because I do. I think we've seen it, but, you know, we just need to see it for two halves. Where do you stand on Sherfield overall? Certainly. Yeah, I mean, and I've been fairly vocal about that at times this year, about how good I think Grant Sherfield is. I, I mean, it just seems like uh, once conference play, after the first couple of games in conference play, the teams have been defending him differently than uh, I think teams were um, in the non-conference portion of the slate. They've been into him more. They've been, you know, face guarding, getting just really getting up into him, and. I think that it bothered him at times, but he's good enough to make those adjustments. I think in some ways, man, I mean, he had it cooking in Stillwater in the first half. I mean, he scores 15 points, and then um, Oklahoma State, I thought, adjusted, and and he just was never able to, to adjust to what they were doing. So I think it's an adjustment for him if he can get into the – the film and see exactly what these teams are doing defensively to him, then yes, he's good enough. He, he can fill it up. He can get going. And he's when he's going, he's one of the best players in the league. Agreed. Hey, um, one more basketball one from me. And I, I know this can open a can of worms, but are you worried all at all about that Notre Dame opening and the buzz around Porter Moser for that? You know, I, I think we would have to be concerned if we're being honest about it. Uh, I mean, with Ozer and uh, being a Chicago guy, uh, I mean, the proximity there. Um, I, now, I am not suggesting he's going to leave, but I think that we would be all um, – kind of being ignorant or uh, what's the word I'm looking for, naive a little bit, um, to not think there might be something there. I mean, uh, that's about as plainly as I can put it. <laughs> I mean, it's where he's had a lot of success. Still a really good program. Um, you kind of look at the profile of guys that have had success at Notre Dame. He really fits that profile. Um I don't know, it just it, it, it worries me a little bit. But I'm also, Joey, just to put a cap on that, I'm not one of those dudes either that's like, oh, this isn't working, they need to move on anyway. I mean, it's hard in college basketball today to try to do some of the culture things that, that Porter Moser wants to do whenever you've got to deal with the portal and you've got to deal with guys that can just up and go at any second. And it's it's a lot easier now than it ever was, so that's a challenge for him, but – I'm not one of those fans that looks at it and says, if he goes, good. I think it's a big loss if he goes. I, I think Oklahoma would really be hurt if he does indeed go somewhere else. Sheesh. I mean, if people are on the other side of that, I think they're crazy. <laughs> I mean, Porter Mosier is a fantastic – Porter Mosier is a great coach. And uh, nothing that has happened in these two years – will have changed my mind on that. I think he's established his culture. I think that's the thing that was the most frustrating to to, to me and 
um, watching that effort the other night was that's exactly the opposite of what his teams have shown. I mean, they've had fight and they've had grit, and um, that just was not the case. I, I think they're going to come out with a better effort against uh, one of the teams that might be the best team in the country this weekend in Alabama. So um, I expect them to respond. And, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if people are like, well, you know, whatever, if he does uh, Porter Moser leave to, to go to Notre Dame, then that, that to me is uh, just asinine. Yeah, hopefully they obviously play a lot better uh, coming up this weekend versus Alabama. One football question, uh, if I may. I know Plank wants to get your thoughts on some some softball topics with the season right here upon us, but 24-7 sports lists Oklahoma along with Ohio State and several others as, quote-unquote, facing pivotal seasons in 2023. I feel like we could say this every single year, and probably Oklahoma fans would agree that every single year it's a quote-unquote pivotal season. But when you're coming off six and seven, obviously that ramps up to some degree. How important is this this spring and what's ahead and then this season for Oklahoma in your mind? Oh, it's very important. I mean, this is a year where Oklahoma uh, is – Obviously, as many others, is going to be under the microscope, but uh, maybe even more so coming off their first losing season in, what, 23 years or whatever, the, I mean, since 1998. So, uh, I mean, it, it's critical. I think Oklahoma needs to take a step. We're looking for better play. It, you know, that step to me is on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they just – Obviously, we're not good enough this past season. And so uh, I expect them to take that step. But I think you're going to start to see uh, some of the things that uh, we've seen as Brent Venables gets his system in place. Uh, and then, you know, they got to be better offensively, too. Uh, I mean, they put up a, a ton of numbers, but they can be a lot more efficient in third down spots and, um, you know, closing games at times, being better in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, this this is a big season for Oklahoma. I mean, they're always going to be under the microscope. It's always going to be a thing where, you know, people are, are going to be saying, hey, is Oklahoma, are they nationally good again? Can they win on the big stage? But um, after a losing season, I think people are going to be really – tuning in to see if they bounce back in the way that I, I think a lot of people maybe expect that they will. So earlier in the show, Joey, before we let you get out of here, we talked to JT Gasso. By the way, Diamond Sports-wise, uh, baseball picked fifth in the preseason Big 12 poll, fifth. Uh, TCU, the preseason favorite. But unanimous number one in, in every poll that's out so far, unanimous number one in the Big 12 poll. And I thought this was telling from JT for OU softball. He feels like it could be almost a different player every night that's doing something for them offensively. And that, to me, um, that spells trouble, right? And I mean that for the opponents because you start looking up and down this lineup and then whomever even they're bringing off the bench. Joey, I feel like I sound like a broken record when I say this. But it's, it's almost as if it could be a choose-your-poison, man. This is the kind of offense that any night you could have a different star step up, and any night that different star could be hitting bombs like you've never seen before with the power in this lineup. 
it's the Dagum All Star team. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we we watched them in in the uh, the fall, obviously, Chris, you and I, real closely, and yeah. I, I just could not help but think. The, the entire time of uh, the games that I was out there, oh, my gosh. I, I'm, like, watching two of the best teams in the country right now. So, um, yeah, it, it, it'll it be a lot of fun. And we're, it, it'll be once again where we're looking. <laughs> and I know Patty at times is uh, a little bit like, well, you know, we're, we're going to lose some games. You know, that's going to be good for us. But this will be another one of those seasons where we're kind of looking down the line kind of trying to guess which game's going to be that one, which is going to be a first loss for this team uh, because they are that good. And uh, as indicated by, you know, yesterday, they had the, the top 50 uh, preseason players in the USA uh, softball uh, poll, and eight of them, the way I wrote it up, eight of the 50, I said almost one-fifth of the players mentioned were Sooners. And when you think of it like that, it's like, wow, one-fifth of the players on the preseason list are from one team. Yeah, that tells you how good this team's going to be. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Appreciate your time, Joey. We'll talk to you again next week. Uh, how's the gut feel for Sunday, Chiefs-Bengals? You good? Oh, boy. Um, you know, Mahomes, obviously, his status, um, I think, has me concerned. Uh, just the mobility aspect of it. I think – you know, he's going to be able to stand in there and and make throws, I think, for the most part. But what, what makes Mahomes so effective sometimes is those, you know, those throws he can make on the run that, that other guys just can't make with his arm strength and uh, some of his mobility. In the playoffs, a lot of times you see him uh, to where he scrambles for big plays, and I'm not so sure – how that's going to be the case with the high ankle sprain. So uh, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm picking the Chiefs, though. I think Cincinnati, um, while last week got me to the point, and Josh and I have talked about this, um, I felt like last year in a lot of ways was a, a bit of a Cinderella run. Uh, last weekend, beating Buffalo, that to me is over. Cincinnati is for real. They're the team to beat in the AFC in future years if they win this weekend. But uh, I feel like Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma, uh, you know, Kansas City is due to beat them. I think the three previous times that they played, you could argue that they uh, could and should have won all those games. So uh, I think they finally get them this weekend. It's funny, you're playing Michael Jackson here. I was uh, last night being at the Moody Center. I was in a I was in a big because uh, it's got me thinking a little old school and I guess this is old school now. A lot of Michael Jackson fans there last night. Josh, there was a lot of Michael Jackson fans there last night. <laughs> but I was thinking John Mayer. <laughs> I don't know how I transitioned from Beat It to John Mayer, but the first ever concert inside the Moody Center was John Mayer, and it was and, and it was like literally six months ago. And I had this moment where I was like, John Mayer's still touring. Good good for him. How old is he now? And opening a building like that. You know what? I can answer that for you. 43? What would your guess be? John Mayer, as of this date today, is 45 years old. Oh, dang it. 45. 
five. Um, he apparently, I also learned this last night, is getting ready to go on his first ever solo acoustic tour. Now, <laughs> what, what has he been doing? It's been the John Mayer show, has I, it not? That's exactly what I thought. So that's what got me thinking. Yes or no, you would go to a John Mayer solo acoustic tour. You know what? Uh, probably not. No. The the acoustic okay. for like two hours, I mean, I, I, I look, I like John Mayer. I would go to a John Mayer concert. But if you're telling me that gravity, I'm, I'm hearing gravity without all the bells and whistles and no such thing without all the bells yeah. and whistles and there's no electric guitar or anything, I think I'm out. All right. Upcoming concerts in OKC. Real quick before we get to the top five stories of the day. Blake Shelton, March 17th. Kenny Chesney, April 1st. In or out? Now, I want to be in on Blake Shelton. I know he doesn't need any help selling tickets, but I'd love to get him to sit in for like an hour with us. I think that'd be awesome. He's a big sports fan. Big OU fan. Too. I'm in on both. I'm in on both. And I will tell you, okay. the I think this would have been the last time Kenny Chesney came through here. At least... If it wasn't the last time, one of the most recent times Kenny Chesney came through here, through the peak, went to that show or uh-huh. one of those shows, and it was awesome. It was basically like just a really? giant karaoke sing-along. Really? Kenny Chesney, pretty I good like performer. It. Since we're in the non-sports side of things, uh, I've also fallen down two rabbit holes throughout the, uh, the trip home last night and the show this morning. I don't even know if I want to – dive into the DeMar Hamlin controversy, but I feel pretty confident in telling you that DeMar Hamlin is alive. Do ya? Do you? Did you know Josh Allen had to answer a question about that yesterday? Oh, my goodness. You're not serious. Yeah, I, I am I am absolutely 100% serious. Basically, a reporter Honest, said – That's DeMar's swag. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm sorry to jump in there. I just – I assume a reporter just basically said, hey, will you quash this rumor – Oh, <laughs> yes, it went exactly like that. That's stupid. One, that's that's Damar swag. That's what he likes. He likes wearing that. Two, he was in the locker room with us pregame. So, yes, that was Damar. There's absolutely <laughs> zero chance. There's absolutely zero chance. That's okay, Damar Hamlin. That's our guy. That's uh, our brother. He was with us. Pre-game, post-game, he was up in the suite with his family, his little brother, 100%. So, people need to stop. I got it. Stop it. <laughs> stop that S. So, I, I think Josh Allen quashed that, right? He Don't quashed you feel? It. Yeah. All right. And then the other one is probably one we can't talk about on this show, but I will say um, it's led me to figure out who Kristen McMinimi is or McMinimai is, and anytime there's a debate as to whether or not it was the heels or her ankles that led to her fall, for some reason, I guess I'm in, Josh. <laughs> I guess I'm in. All right, let's hit the top five stories of the day, as always, brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, Newcastle Casino, where real gamers come to play, R-E-E-L. 
uh, in Newcastle. Learn more at newcastlecasino.com. All right, let's uh, let's hustle through this so we can talk some NFL. Big story number five. Number five. Last night was a tough one for the OU women in Austin as they fall to the Texas Longhorns and fall back into a three-way tie for first place in the Big 12. Jeannie uh, Baranchek from after the game. It has to be so much better. And I felt like, you, you know, it's not that we didn't want it, um, but we just have to be a lot tougher. And this game was, I mean, what an incredible environment. Um, and, you know, we just we just couldn't get it going in the in the third quarter. I think that was a, uh, a, a kind way of putting it for Coach Bronchek last night. Unfortunately for Oklahoma, um, they, they, they could not get it going in the third or fourth quarter. I'm trying to pull up. I've, I've lost all my stats. But I was trying to pull it up just to kind of magnify how challenging it was in said third and fourth quarter. Uh, here we go. Sooners ended up losing last night, so the loss sends them to 6-2 in the Big 12. They're now in a three-way tie for first place. That tie is with Iowa State, Texas, and Oklahoma. Oh, by the way, the Sooners travel to take on Iowa State on Saturday, Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock. So here's, here's my, my third quarter recap for you, Josh. The Sooners put how many total points was it on the board? Six total points on the board. They were one of seventeen from the floor oh and zero for six from beyond the three point line. Right. So, you know, you, you start looking at that, and when you score just twenty two second half points, you're going to put yourself in a tough spot whenever the other team, for most of the night, just couldn't miss. Sooners did a good job on the boards, but allowed too many easy opportunities. Oklahoma Falls seventy-eight to fifty-eight last night inside the Moody Center. They I don't also really know if there's much more to add. No, there's not. But uh, they also turned it over eight times in that third quarter too. So you went one for seventeen and you threw it to the other opponent eight times. Twenty-four turnovers in the game, ten by Maddie Williams alone. Um, and. Gosh, your big three finished with just 22 points combined. Six for Yanusa, eight for Maddie, eight for Taylor. Not good. Let's move on. Three o'clock Saturday, get back on track against Iowa State. All right, big story number four. Number four. Big story number four. Patrick Mahomes practiced and apparently According to Patrick Mahomes, felt pretty good. Wait, hold on. I've got the wrong cut that's trying to play right now. According to Patrick Mahomes, in 3-2-1, went out there and it felt pretty good. No conspiracy here. It's doing good. You know, I've had a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab. Uh, excited to get on the practice field and kind of test it out uh, and uh, see where I'm at. But uh, it's feeling good so far. So how different is this from the high ankle sprain that he suffered back in 2019? So the last one, uh, it was the leg that I landed on, so I had to find ways to throw where I could land and keep it in the right spot. And this time I'll have to find ways to be able to push off and be able to still make the throws the right way. So uh, definitely uh, similar in a sense, but obviously different limitations and stuff that I'll have to work through. And then Andy Reid on the injury report. There are no injuries to talk about. Everybody's going to practice today. So 
Yeah, no, he, um, he'll practice. He did the walkthrough this morning. And he'll practice this afternoon. There you go. Um, confidence level high. The Chiefs are now a one-and-a-half-point favorite after being as much as a two-point dog at one point this week. Big story. We'll have more on the NFL coming up in a bit. Big story, number three. Number three. In the NBA last night, in OKC, the return of one Trey Young. Atlanta knocks off Oklahoma City, 137-132 after uh, a really high-scoring first half. The Sooners, or the Thunder, kind of like the Sooners last night, struggled a bit in the second half. Trey Young finished with 33 points. Uh, but just nine from three-point range. He was doing a good job of getting to the bucket and getting fouled. OKC uh, falls after a really big win against Denver. They'll take on Cleveland. Cleveland! Coming up Friday night at 7 o'clock inside the Paycom Center. Big story number two. Number two. All right, that's we're going to put all of our NFL news coming up after the break. So big story two probably should have been big story one, but it's all the NFL news. Nathaniel Hackett, new offensive coordinator with the Jets, all the Oklahoma ties, the playoff battles this week, and we'll get all that, including an update on Joe Burrow and Cincinnati's preparation. But let's talk some big story number one here. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right. Josh, this is huge this weekend for the Oklahoma men's basketball team. They have got to get back on track against Alabama at home. Alabama last night kind of struggled a little bit, but in the end they finally got that win over Mississippi State. So, I mean, the whole time I'm like, oh, gosh, everything is really not coming up Oklahoma right now because uh, not only do they have to worry about playing a team that's 18-2, and number two in the country, and undefeated in conference play, but it's also a team that's coming off its worst offensive output of the season, where Mississippi State held them to just 66 points, and the Tide barely hung on for a 66-63 win. So, ah. Now, not only do you have a good team coming in, but Josh, add to the mix that you have a good team maybe even a borderline great team coming in that didn't play all that well its last time out. All I'm hearing is Alabama is coming in and they are on a funk, people. They are right for the <laughs> they are right for the getting. Um Meanwhile, also in the top 25 last night, Kelvin Sampson's Houston team back on track. Sasser, hesitation dribble. Left corner, Shed. Two to shoot. Shed's going to take a step back. Left wing, fadeaway. Three. Got it. Jamal Shed with the fadeaway. Left wing, three at the buzzer. Yep. Shed finished with 14 last night. Houston beats UCF 82-71. to And also in the top 25, Tennessee gets a win. Zakai Ziegler in front court, top of the circle. Alley-oop, Kumwa slams it home. Great pass. You saw it coming. Great pass by Ziegler. Burt, little or no resistance by the Bulldogs either. 70-41, to 41, Tennessee beats Georgia. That's going to be a fun one Saturday between Tennessee and Texas. Uh, upsets in the top 25 last night. There was one, Texas A&M, who's suddenly on fire, knocks off Auburn on the road, 79 to. 63. So that for Texas A&M gets them back on track after a loss to Kentucky, 
A&M has won seven of its last eight games. Anything else from college basketball we need to get to from last night? No, Is just can't wait for uh, this Big 12 SEC showdown. Good opportunity for OU to get off the mat. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's pay off uh, big story number two because we want to talk some NFL playoffs, and we'll do it next. Plus, the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We are on the road today at Cavens Construction on a Thursday. Cavens Construction, 405-573-3048 on the ref. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering. In the- Dude, I've had a hard time this morning. Speaking of rabbit holes that I've gone down, um, there is this tweet from someone named Chris Gross that has seven different pins listed, and I... If, if you guys don't know this about me, I'm kind of a pin weirdo. In fact, so much so I have this massive like Ziploc bag that I've lost, and I don't know where it is, and I'm losing my mind trying to find all of my pins. I'll have uh, a different pin color for every day. Um, I, I have certain things that I like. I love the, I love the Pilot G207. Um, I'm a big fan of the – what is this one? This is the Onos. And they've got seven different pins to choose from. I even got my little Sharpie pin here. I can't decide, Josh. I can't pick just one. If one of those scenarios you know that I hate is one's got to go, I don't know if I could get rid of any of these pins. I'm not going to lie. I use them all. I think I might be a psychopath. I think it's crazy that I've been wasting so much time on this. Have you seen this tweet? I'll send it to you if you haven't. I would love to see it because I'm puzzled by what you're talking about. Okay, so, I, I, and like I said, I don't know who this guy is, but he's he's hit on something that I'm sure is making him feel pretty good this morning because it's it's got a lot of interaction. But he asks uh, he has a question up where it basically says you can only write with one type of pen, and he has hold on here. Why can't I not find this guy's Twitter feed? Uh, and he's got five, six, seven different pin options to choose from. For the rest of which, your yes. life, this is it. Desert Island, and this is the only one you've got. This is on a desert island, and this is the only pin choice that you have. Okay, which, good. I've which probably it. for your own health, I would recommend not riding on the desert island. Right. It would probably not be a good thing. Probably be riding some, so, very, some very dark things. It would be things that I definitely wouldn't want anyone being able to read once I got off the island. Like the great Family Guy episode where Peter finally gets rescued from a desert island and there's a monkey there. And they're like, hey, do you want us to take the monkey with us too? He's like, no, 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 no. He, he can stay. He's, he's going to stay here. <laughs> so I sent it to you. So this has been racking my brain all day long. This shows you. This might show you how good my life is right now that I'm able to be stressed over a stupid tweet about seven different pens and which one you would choose from. Do you have an option yet, or you want to move on to some NFL stuff quickly before Angry Ronnie gets angry with me? Let's see here. Yeah, the pilot's pretty good. Number seven is an I, absolute no thank you. No, no thank you. It, it's got to be – I think it's got to be number five for me. Though I'm – I think you're right. I'm partial to a lot of those thin-tipped Sharpie ones as well. Me too. I'll retweet it. You guys can help me out. At Plank Show on Twitter. At it's Josh number Ryan. five. All it's right. the pilot. 
It's number five. Okay, the pilot's what you're going with. <laughs> I can't get enough of this stupid thing online. We've played the cut all morning long from Patrick Mahomes. Seems like he's doing well heading into today's game. We don't know what the status of Charles Aminahu looks like for the San Francisco 49ers in their showdown on Sunday with Philadelphia. Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say. What is uh, Charles's status with the team after the arrest on Monday? He said he's going to practice. Like, what is he going to be available for the game? If yeah, we're letting the legal process take care of itself. So if if he's healthy, he'll play this week. If indeed what, what's been alleged is you have reason to believe that's accurate, does it give you any pause to play him after he was allegedly pushed his girlfriend in? Um, well, we've looked into for the last 24 hours or 48 hours. We feel very good letting the legal process take care of itself and don't feel we shouldn't kick him off our team at this time. Okay. Interesting. All right. Interesting, right? Meanwhile, um, I... I wonder if this would be the same take if it was a regular season game, Josh. I'm not trying to pick on Kyle Shanahan here, but I wonder if this would be the same take if if we were in a situation that involved this being like a, a regular season game and not a playoff game. But that's the uh, Niners' approach. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts is one of nine Oklahoma Sooners playing active on the roster in this weekend's NFL playoff games. And Jalen talked about the preparation. We're trying to um, stay focused on what's important, you know, and that's just, you know, truly enjoying the moment, enjoying, enjoying and attacking the process in front of us this weekend, uh, taking it day by day. So kind of want to never get too high, never get too low. <laughs> Does it sound wild? Because I feel like that those are the same press conferences that we heard Whenever he was at OU, they absolutely that- are. It's it's the exact same press conference. Uh, here's the nine Sooners, so you can decide whom you're rooting for. Oh, and, and by the way, here's Nick Sirianni on home field. We know how good our fans are here, um, and how how rowdy they are, how loud they are. This place is incredible, and uh, you know this is. You know, obviously, you get the buy when you get the one seed, but you also get the home field advantage, and and that's a, and those are and they're equally as important. All right, so you get Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson with the Philadelphia Eagles. Meanwhile, Trent Williams on the San Francisco 49ers. Samaje Pirine and Joe Mixon on the Bengals. Jalen, look at me trying to put Jalen on Kansas City. James Winchester. The pride of the Washington Warriors. Greatest long snapper maybe in NFL history. Blake Bell, Creed Humphrey, and Orlando Brown Jr. I feel like I'm missing someone. There's someone else out there that I'm I'm missing out on? Maybe not. Anyway, there you go. There is your there is your countdown to the AFC-NFC championship game from a Sooner perspective. I think everyone has to root for Kansas City then, Josh, right, with four Chiefs on the active roster. Uh, now, was, I think if we – Which seemed to be easy math, yes. If you want to dig a little deeper, like Kennedy Brooks was signed to a futures contract with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Does not count for so, this conversation. But it doesn't count for this conversation. You're absolutely right. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I think you've got – I think you've got the four best teams in the NFL. 
playing in the AFC and NFC championship games. I know there could be a case made for Minnesota, right? But even with the third-string quarterback, San Francisco is able to do this. We've got the four best teams all season long playing for the championship, and I'm here for it. I still think uh, Buffalo's every bit as good as either Cincinnati or Kansas City. They just played an absolute stinker at the worst time. Yeah, that's the one, right? That's the one that kind of sticks with you. But being on your home field and playing like that, you're right. And you – gosh, I hate even bringing it up. But, I mean, who's to say Cincinnati doesn't roll Buffalo? I mean, the way that game started in Cincinnati, they went right down the field and scored. Who knows? All right, quick break. When we come back, put a wrap on this show with some of the best in the Air Comfort Solutions text line right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. So, um, I got to tell you something. Uh, Travis pointed this out first. A couple of others did. Uh, and, and, by the way, some people were hot in the comments because, like, active roster. Uh, Grant Calcaterra is on the active roster for the Eagles. So He counts. I guess, I guess that counts. So, that means this weekend, 10 total Sooners are active. 12 could come away with a Super Bowl ring because, again, active roster was the conversation. Tyrese Robinson is on the Eagles practice squad, and Kenny Brooks picked up a reserve future contract too. So active is the key word, and I guess this is a situation where absolutely on the active roster is Grant Calcaterra. Now you guys can fight on Twitter whether or not we get to claim him. But that's just me. couple of Air Comfort Solutions texts before we get out of here. It's the best way to get in touch with the show, 405-651-3439. A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, Oklahoma Jones writes, how much is being a gamer actually being lazy and not willing to put out in practice but actually having the ability to actually play? A lot of actually is in there, but actually Oklahoma Jones, I think you're onto something. Because, Josh, I think that's what coaches want to see you taking your preparation seriously. Well, and again, it just goes back to if you're a coach, you've only got practice to go off of. Right. To set to set yourself up with the decision of should I insert this player or not into a starting role or even a rotational role. And if practice stinks, and yeah, if they're lazy in practice, I've got no reason to believe that all of a sudden the light switch is going to flip on and all of a sudden your motors, you're going to have the greatest motor on our football roster, right? I mean, I'm going to think, like, well, if you're lazy in practice, probably going to be lazy in the game. We didn't talk much about the uh, Jeff Levy rumors that uh, – I, like I said, I Wednesday and Thursdays are my days when I can catch up on uh, all my podcasts. Uh, and unfortunately, I've – I've got a new mystery pod, Josh, that has kind of taken over my my, my life right what now. What is it? I'm not. I am very excited for this show to be over. To a hear Stillman's opening monologue, and then get back into what about Holly? What about Holly? I've done a little bit of a turn on the old crime podcast world. Y'all are getting too excited about murders. We got a problem with that. Anytime you have two, uh, or, I'll be very. Anytime you have a male and a female or two females or two dudes that are, and then they took the knife and they stabbed her in the throat. 
It's like, whoa, hold on here. I want someone telling me a story about something. <laughs> little too, little I don't too need much everybody enjoyment. celebrating. Right. You're having too much fun talking about murder. But I found one here that's brought me. It's pulled me back in. But anyway, we haven't talked much about Jeff Levy. So I was listening to Eddie last night, the unofficial 40. I love Carrie and Eddie uh, and Josh and Bob. And in, in their podcast, uh, uh, Eddie was kind of talking about, hey, you know, kind of old news. It's it's. You know, we've all been talking about this for a while with Jeff Levy, but I would push back just a bit on this, and nothing negative, just to say, well, Alabama finally has the opening. You know, now it, it can all be old news, but now Alabama officially had the opening with Bill O'Brien moving up to New England. And I thought what they were talking about is right in line with what we've been saying and what many of the fans feel. And it is, you know, why would he want to go? Unless he just has always wanted to coach at Alabama, you're making a lot of money. You're going to make $2 million a year. The reported offer from Alabama wasn't much more than that, and they want him. So this was a good question for the 918. Why would any OC from a Power 5 want to change schools just to be an OC at another Power 5? Knowing the head coaching job will not happen anytime soon. It doesn't make sense. I see Oklahoma as good of a university as Alabama, and we will have elite players for seasons to come. Now, that's hard for some to see after 6-7, and seven, and I get it. But in the same vein, it's a great point. And I don't think it was ridiculous to speculate or worry about it, but I think in the end, we all knew how, or we all hoped that this would end with Jeff Levy staying in Oklahoma, and it looks like that's going to be the case. Uh, Still Man and Thune at New are coming up next. Josh, have a great rest of your Thursday. You too, my friend. I hear rumors we're at the Lloyd Noble Center tomorrow for the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.